This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG 13. Hello everyone, I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to a brand new episode of Hi Jinx with me, Jinx Monsoon. Today, my guest is Bosco! Bosco! (laughs) And we talk about our shared commonalities, both having performed, lived, loved, laughed, (laughs) and found ourselves in Seattle. We're also going to talk about the chocolate meme of it all and our shared feminists. <laughs> it's actually a very, very fun, funny, lighthearted, and lovely conversation, and I can't wait for you to hear it today on Hi Jinx. So buckle up, hunker down, and sink your teeth into some new Hi, Jinx. M. Oh. M. Mom! Hello, everyone. I'm Jinx Monsoon, and welcome to Hi Jinx, a podcast where I, an internationally tolerated drag superstar, get to interview compelling and fascinating people about how they became who they are and why they do what they do. Today, we are joined by fellow drag race sister and holder of the Golden Chocolate Bar. Bosco. Hi, Bosco. <laughs> Hi, Jinx. Oh, uh, yeah. The illustrious title holder of the most <laughs> golden chocolate bar in the West. <laughs> okay. Let's get it out of the way right at the top. Okay. That chocolate meme, right? God damn it. Oof. It's Oof. chocolate. It keeps on giving. Although I do have to say... Um, June Jambalaya absolutely delivered that line the best. Like, we started out really strong with her delivery on it, and I don't think anybody matched it. She really (laughs) gave it to you. I mean, I qualify things by when it reaches grinder, that's when it's, like, (laughs) penetrated every wall of this community. (laughs) <laughs> when it's a grinder meme, like a a, a gif on grinder, um, <laughs> then, oh, then, no. I, then I consider that, it mainstream. <laughs> that's a choice. Um, use of the word penetrated, by the way. So thank you for that. 
And it was a choice Absolutely. use of the word walls, if you... <laughs> <laughs> I'm definitely going to shit on these walls for A. <laughs> too nasty. Too freaky. So, what? You're, you are in the throes of it. You are, like, still all up in it. <laughs> I honestly I think it's different now because like after mm-hmm. my season I think we've had three or four seasons already play yeah but you know it's I think it's a timer from your season to the next season of the show that you were on so but I guess um I I guess we'll see how I feel when, like, um, the next <laughs> season starts up halfway through my reign, you know? <laughs> it, it really, like, I honestly liked it. Like, it took, uh-huh. like, a lot of heat off of things because, like, uh-huh. people are really intense when the spotlight's right on you. So I'm honestly okay because, like, what? everybody's already starting. I, <laughs> you wouldn't know anything about this. Um, <laughs> um but like, yeah, people tend to have opinions. Um, so actually, like by the time we're like chatting now, a lot of people are already viewing my season with a lot of rose tinted glasses and like just kind of like the good things are sticking out rather than anyone's faults or flaws, which that's, I'm into. That's, um, that's actually quite refreshing to hear. And I can say that I think I've been experiencing a very similar thing because I feel like, um, yeah, they were kind of ready to go on. What's the next thing coming out? You know, back in my day in season five, you know, there was just the one drag race show. And now it's not only drag race in every, um, every different country, but it's also queen of the universe, celebrity drag race. Um, but I kind of, I'm living. It was like, I got my moment. There was a lot of attention on me all at once for the first time in like a decade. And I soaked it up and now we're just back to work. You know, like now we're just like Perfect. life the world goes round. It has that well what I've noticed is um both you and Willow Willow had told me that she wanted to take some real downtime because she's just been going going going. And I was told, you know, lots after season five, you got to strike while the iron's hot. So as long as you're being booked, just keep going and keep going and keep going because you never know when it, the bookings are going to dry up. Um, Now, 10 years later, I can say, if you're smart and you work hard, the bookings don't dry up. So both you and Willow took some time for yourself right after your season. While I'm sure that there's a lot of people telling you the same things that they were telling me. Um, how's that decision been for you? And are you glad you made that decision? And tell uh, tell us a little bit about taking time off post-drag race. <laughs> well, I, I feel like it's being framed as a decision for me. I um, <laughs> It was more like a medical mandated yeah. break for me. <laughs> um, my, I woke up one day and my molars decided they were going to fire against me and try and kill me um so i had to get them yanked out almost asap so i had like a mandatory three-week break break that i'm about to end right now but up until then i had been going pretty constantly um like 
pretty almost every single week, a few gigs a week. Mm-hmm. And that was all the way through June and July. And like, I got to August. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to go jump on one of these Work the World tours. It's going to be great. And then I woke up in a lot of pain with a mouthful of blood and had to fly home and get teeth yanked out of my head. But <laughs> it was kind of really nice because now I have this lovely little sculpted cheek situation. <laughs> um, just like the old Hollywood, like um, just filler where they take out the back teeth. And yeah, I think I just gave my molars FFS. So we're it's great. <laughs> it's, it's absolutely fantastic. I'm excited to get back on the road, but also mm-hmm. I'm so happy that I had some time to chill because A, Seattle in the summer is the prettiest place on earth and I would rather not be anywhere else. And B, I, I want it to keep on feeling fun for as long as possible. I know it's work. I know um, eventually like the, 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 the new car smell wears off of the experience, but I, I want to keep like enjoying what I'm doing for as long as possible. And I think occasional breaks in it is what's going to keep that fun for me. That is so true. And also, you want to know something? I totally wasn't trying to air your dental <laughs> your dental history just now. I was not so much referring to the time off you took most recently, but I guess I was assuming that there was probably breaks you took um, during your transition. And um, But I, you know, mostly know about your life through Instagram. So forgive me if I'm jumping to any conclusions or making any presumptions. <laughs> Well, I haven't actually really taken any time off my transition. Um, I started hormones back right after I got home Mm -hmm. from filming. And that's mainly the only step I've taken in my medical transition. Mm -hmm. I have some things that I'm planning on doing at the beginning of this year. But Mm -hmm. my original game plan for this year was just like work as much as I can before I take some time off for that. And like do the work, like my like gender affirming surgeries during the slow season. That way I can mm. like go into witness protection for like a month or two and then come back just like outrageously fun. <laughs> just like illegal amounts of servitude and um but fierce delicious. Um I love I love that drag name. She's she's getting a Nobel Peace Prize for coming up with that. Um yeah. So well, not a whole lot of breaks until yeah. now. I mean, um as someone who's never, uh, well, aside from my hair transplant, you know, like I, I, <laughs> I haven't had any work done, so I don't know, A, when someone's had, I'm like completely naive to, <laughs> I, ne- I like, you could have, <laughs> I feel like everyone in LA just walks up to each other and like points out the the work that they oh what did you have done there and there oh this looks new <laughs> and it's like a full a la carte menu just like well if you like the nose job you might also like the lip lift <laughs> the lip lift um but um yeah i just um i didn't know it, <laughs> sorry I think you're just confused by the power of me shaving my eyebrows and getting filler, which was <laughs> really that, a, 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 all a really... I'm hung up on. Is I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to say I got. I thought you had already had FFS without <laughs> the way that that is going on my grave. The way that I'm telling everybody that, just like Jinx already thought I had FFS. Like, what more could they possibly do? Like, I think I'm going to get like. 
facial like masculizing surgery. That way they have something to do in January when do I actually you, go. Do you love how this has been five minutes of me just trying to like pussyfoot around? Like, did you take you some, some time off <laughs> while you had your FFS without without just trying to say it? <laughs> no, but it's 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 fun that you brought that up because I I am planning on actually doing that. That is something that I am um, working towards. Haven't gotten there yet, but I um, appreciate that we feel like we did that. Um, but I, I'm planning on taking some time off and then coming back with like a face reveal party because I just mm. think that's psychotic and mm-hmm. really stupid. <laughs> a face reveal party. Yeah, why not? I, I will be completely honest. Um, I have also considered FFS. Um, I was thinking about it more in terms of like, as I age, um, I'm very nervous about like hormones taking over. Like until this point, like up to this point, I've always felt like my body's not standing in the way of me expressing my feminist, you know, until I had to have the hair transplant. But I see as I age, my face taking certain shapes where I'm like, oh, this is kind of, this is my body aging male, you know? And that Mm -hmm. thought terrifies me. And so I'm like, well, what can I do in my face um, for myself? You know, like, so I, I can continue to present the way I feel. And I was considering FFS, but I'm like, well, I'm so scared of having anything done to like this part of the face because I don't want it to affect my singing voice. So I guess all I want is lipo under the chin. <laughs> well, you you have a very, very femme face and very, very femme bone. So it's not like you really need to do anything to read super femme. And honestly, like what you were saying before, that like thought in particular of like, aging as in like in a way that uh, like as a gender that you don't identify mm-hmm. was actually kind of like the spark of the thought that like kind of started me doing this because mm-hmm. I like looking down the barrel of 30 years like okay I kind of see where things are heading in my mm-hmm. future as far as like how I physically look and like what it's going to be how I'm going to navigate life so I definitely started making like really active steps in like moving the boat the other way Um, Mm -hmm. So like a lot of laser hair removal, um, a little bit of filler and yeah, not having eyebrows really, really (laughs) allows you to do a lot of butt things. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I think periodically I have the conversation with myself, you know, like, where do I see my future being? And do I feel like I'm expressing my truth in my current state, you know? And, um, I, essentially what I'm saying is I ask myself every couple of years, so are we um, going to be, are we going to be more of a woman this year? <laughs> you know, like, like you're um, full time. Are you going to go overtime? Are we feeling like, seasonal? Well, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like to be non-binary for so long, but also feel like, I'm non-binary, but I'm also, you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a lady. You get it. You get it. Professional lady. It's what you do for your trade. Absolutely. So, but there is like, you know, there's an ongoing conversation of, I know, I've just always known my whole life that I um, don't see myself with tits, and 
I think that's the one thing. <laughs> like, uh, otherwise. <laughs> For sure. No, I like, that was kind of like one of like the first like stopping points, like, because I'd been considering hormones for years and years and years. And I'm just like, do I really? But then I, I do have to say, like, it's really funny because like after I've like started my journey, I've had like several friends who are also like starting hormones. Um, I know girls in the show and every single person always says, I don't know if I want tits. <laughs> Flash forward to six months later when they start coming in and they're like, I need them to be bigger. We need to go harder. It's, just like, it's, 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 a, it's like a broken record of trans women. Just, just like, I just want to be a flat chested little wayfish thing, 90 supermodel. And then something clicks and they're like, no, torpedo jug. Saw a Nerf football in half and stick it to my chest right now. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, I, you know, I think one thing that's wonderful about Drag Race is even before we were having the conversations about gender on Drag Race that, that they're having today, and even before there was, you know, um, the diverse representation that we're seeing more and more each season— what a lot of girls did, and it's kind of like it's kind of like work in the system, right? It's kind of like finding a loophole in the system, and it's like because <laughs> a lot of the girls back in the olden days of Drag Race were like, "Well, I already know I'm a woman, but I'll be a boy for another, you know, six months so I can go on Drag Race, make a bunch of money <laughs> from my gigs to fund my transition, and it's you know a little it bit like getting the government to work it for you." <laughs> <laughs> oh no! It, it, it's fully like, um, like right now, like the girls get jobs at Starbucks because mm-hmm. they know Starbucks has the kind of insurance that's going to cover a lot of things. <laughs> like ninety percent of my trans friends work at Starbucks so they can get trans healthcare, and I feel like we're just doing that on a very much like larger scale. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then. <laughs> I love this that is it's... my Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> I love that we're at a place now where it doesn't require. Um, you know, I don't think it ever required, but you know, it took Drag Race a while to have the representation that it has this these days and in growing numbers. And I think if I could try to like suss out why that was, is I think we are seeing that the trans experience in some facet or another is a lot more common. <laughs> amongst queer people, amongst drag queens, than it's ever been portrayed in media. And I do believe that, like we're seeing with the younger generation, that the desire to transcend the gender binary it exists in a lot more people than we've ever talked about, you know, 
not Absolutely. only like at large as a society, but even within the LGBTQ plus community. You know, I, I've I've heard people talk about the gender revolution as a trend, but I'm like, what if it's not a trend? What if there's just this many people who are over it? You know? <laughs> For sure. And like, I, I think like the idea of there being like such a binary between the drag character and the drag artist is kind mm. of like a newfound thing. Like that's like something almost like tied to drag race for me. Cause like, I don't think before drag race, people thought of like drag Kings are like a hot boy and a hot girl. Like that was never mm. something that I really thought was normalized. Like it, like if we look like historically, like drag Queens have always been weird little gender <laughs> creature delinquents <laughs> that are just like terrifying in the daylight. Like we are like, six feet tall have huge foreheads no eyebrows and like <laughs> we've always kind of existed as like these weird little like half half lady creatures during the day but i feel like drag race really like created this like narrative of like there's a separation of church and state yeah. between those two things um and i'm glad that we're kind of at a point where like no we don't need to sell it as like that for straight people to be interested anymore we can yeah. like just be the, the full like vomit of gender all of the time. <laughs> and it's like, it's, it's been the same content, like the same conversation every single season. There is a trans contestant. Like my season was special that like, there's a lot of us at the same time, but like every single point that was like brought up on our season and in the press among it has already been hashed several times over by other girls who have come out before us. It just feels like this season they decided to like, frame that as like kind of the spectacle it is like kind of give it like the weight and the balance of like the narrative it is beforehand it almost felt like it was being like like that story was being minimized like if i think about like monica beverly hills or if i think about sonique or if i think about um carmen carrera like it feels like those were almost like minimized by the press to be like yeah that's kind of like just like a little side offshoot rather yeah. than this time around when it was like this is part of the main event of this season is there's so many transsexuals and so little room for cis people on this season, <laughs> which is how it should be. I'm hoping for season 15, it's all trans girls. You're required to transition. Like, it's like mandatory bottom <laughs> surgery at the door. Like, before you get your entrance line together, you better have a blood test that is showing you are on so much estradiol. <laughs> that reminds me of my favorite meme I've ever seen to date. And it's so simple, but it's just, it just says, being an ally isn't enough. Transition. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. My, um, my favorite meme, unrelated, but like, I, I love memes. I am mm -hmm. like a meme queen. My favorite meme of all time is it's a still from witches with um, Angelica Huston in like full witch makeup. And she has her little bob on and she has like her full nose out. And the caption just says, elder femmes be like, you ever listen to peaches? <laughs> oh. <laughs> and there's every passing year. I'm like, yeah, that's me. <laughs> you kids remember Tegan and Sarah? I love Tegan and Sarah. <laughs> oh, I just, you know, I think of where a person lives affects their general joie de vivre and like can have lots of effects on their their idiosyncrasies and their affectations. 
You could not be more Seattle queer to me. (laughs) I lived there for 11 years. I think, I mean, I'm very much a Portland queer, but there's not much, there's not much different. You know, when you live in one city, you live in the other. Um, How long have you lived in Seattle at this point? And why did you and I never cross paths before? (laughs) Well, (laughs) um, I've lived in Seattle for six years. So it is kind of a ships in the night type of situation because yeah, I yeah, think yeah, yeah. you were on your way out. I do have a funny story about that though. Because oh, no. I moved here. Oh no. Oh, Please oh, let yeah. it be oh, actually yeah, yeah. funny and not sad. <laughs> I think it's funny. <laughs> I think it's very funny. And I tell this story to anybody who listens when it comes up. So I moved to Seattle um, October 2015. And I was on Tinder. And I matched with you on Tinder. <laughs> And you messaged me at, I want to say, 2.30 in the morning on a Monday. No. And asked me if I wanted to come over and watch cartoons. (laughs) And I think about that all of the time. I'm like, I don't think that's what she really wanted. No, it's cartoons like Futurama and Rick and Morty. It's like, you know, after dark cartoons. cartoons. (laughs) I love cartoons. I'm a huge um, I'm a huge cartoon buff, so I, I was like, eh, and then I did. But that's um, as close as I got to like meeting you beforehand. But it's also odd because like I have been, like we, we've worked in a lot of the same places. Like I yeah. came up at Julia's as well. Um, that was like I started there as a backup dancer, and then eventually became a primary for one of their shows before I like took off and started doing other things. So like I've always like kind of seen like your shadow. Um, in the distance <laughs> while I've been moving through the scene here. Um, well, that makes a lot of sense, all of that. And I, I would, you know, sometime not on a podcast because it wouldn't be interesting for anyone but us, but we'll just have to list all the people we both know. Um, I really want to <laughs> do like a yeah. gig with you so that we can actually like share real space and catch up and stuff. Catch up, we've... <laughs> We've never <laughs> we've met like met in, in passing for like yeah. maybe ten minutes at a time. Um, but for sure, I really want to. Do you do like club gigs? Do you do? I'm are you on any of those circuits? Yeah. Well, currently, all September, I'm doing club gigs, and I believe I'll be doing Seattle Queer Bar very soon. I wonder if you'll be there. And then Most I'll be there. Not. <laughs> I know, I know you are, but the delivery really got me. (laughs) Listen, Jinx, I didn't want to watch cartoons with you then. (laughs) I don't want to watch them now. (laughs) Uh, Well, it's um, funny that you bring bar, and they're gonna love you. It's funny that you bring that up because basically everyone in my life as soon as your season started was just like, well, we know who Jinx has a crush on this season. (laughs) (laughs) And I gotta say, whenever someone's like, okay, since I lived in Seattle for so long, I don't know if this is something about like, I don't know if this is just my normal, um, I don't know if this is my normal OCD and anxiety or if this is like, um, my sober anxiety, but whenever someone from <laughs> like Portland or Seattle 
comes up and I feel like I've never met this person before. And then they say, I've got a funny story about you. My brain goes to, oh God, oh God, I met Roscoe once in a blackout. Oh God, what's going to... I just said Roscoe. I'm so sorry. First of all, let me retake that line. (laughs) Oh, I'm just like, oh God, what... Oh my God, no, I can't say anything. I'm so embarrassed. Oh my God, keep it all in. Um, anyway, (laughs) the point is as a sober person, when someone comes up to me and says, I've got a funny story about you and I don't even remember meeting them. I'm like, "Uh oh, this is going to be another, you fell asleep on Paula Abdul and the VIP in Sydney. (laughs) I'm always afraid it's going to be another story. Like, Oh, jinx. (laughs) I've never heard that one before. Is is that is that factual? Did you fall? I didn't fall. I didn't fall asleep with. Uh, <laughs> I didn't fall asleep on. You were the reason for that what car I, accident that you talked about all the time. <laughs> you were actually the Uber driver, and you fell asleep while you were driving Paul Ab people, and neither of you remember it. But <laughs> no, um, I didn't fall asleep on her. I just had a. an incoherent conversation with her in a (laughs) K-hole. The first time I ever did K, which was completely by accident. (laughs) Did you think it was blow? (laughs) No, I thought I was taking a Molly pill. Oh, yeah, that's a lot different. It's a lot different. It's very different. It's not nearly as fun. And you know what? You know what a narcoleptic drag queen doesn't need to try for the first time by accident? Horse tranquilizer? (laughs) Horse tranquilizer. (laughs) That is the punchline to that joke. (laughs) You've seen my act. Anyway, Bosco, Bosco. Um, Of course, I am one of many who thinks of the Seinfeld episode when your name comes to mind um how much has that been done at you um not a whole lot to be completely honest not a lot of not a lot of the seinfeld era people watching no there's not a whole lot of carryover between the two fandoms honestly it's mainly you in alaska and that's about it um you're both big seinfeld that sounds about right i love that i'm into that um, I, I do get people imitating Alaska do it quite a bit because she she is very much captured a very particular way of saying it. Um, but yeah, um, Gen Z doesn't really watch Seinfeld, crazy enough. So I have not had too much of the overlap. Um, there's a lot of different Boscos in the world, though. So it means something different to everybody. Mm-hmm. There's a fried cheese stick that's a Bosco. There's a little Irish puppet that's a Bosco. Um, the bear in... Um, last airbender avatar is Bosco. It was just a childhood dog that I had. And I think he was named after, um, the chocolate sauce. So were you following the drag queen? Um, your drag queen name is your first pet in the street you grew up on. Very that. No, I, um, I don't know. I just wanted something that nobody else had that didn't, sound like a name and sounded more like um, a brand and that like was like specific (laughs) to like my childhood or like something that was specific to me and like my memories so it's between that and then like I like my last name a lot but it's like 
my last name's Constantino. So I was thinking about Constantine, but I'm like, I don't know how heavily I want to be tied to that Keanu Reeves movie. But <laughs> it's cool. Hey, that's one of my that was one of my first introductions to Tilda Swinton, and that changed my life. <laughs> I can tell. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met that's her? actually that's no, oh, I wish. No, my gender identity is actually just Tilda Swinton. Yeah, my, <laughs> That's my what I strive to Tilda be. <laughs> Let me ask you this Has your relationship to your work as a drag queen changed since? coming out as trans and beginning your transition? Mm, a little bit. I, I feel like I'm a little different than a lot of the trans girls that I know that do drag is I, I don't want Bosco to be who I am during the day. Bosco to me is very mm-hmm. like, that's my Elvira. That is a character that I put on that for years I did find gender euphoria through, but I'm not trying to navigate day-to-day life looking like her. And I want her to be like a bit souped up, a little in fantasy. I want her to be more of a deity than a lady. So mm-hmm. I honestly, transitioning has helped me a lot, like carve out where that is. Um, so now that I don't mm. need her to feel beautiful and I don't need her to feel comfortable in my own skin, I can feel a lot more comfortable being really, really crazy with her or being really, really dark or just kind of pushing the boundaries of like what I would have felt comfortable with beforehand. You know, I completely relate to that. And I've been talking a lot about that lately that I feel like um, dressing femme and presenting femme in my day-to-day life means that I don't need jinx to feel those things and to validate that part of myself. And I think that's when jinx became really solidified in what she wears because it was no longer me trying to wear things that I just wanted to wear as Jinx. And that's when Jinx stopped kind of like morphing between like, you know, one thing or the other. And she really just became a swamp witch milk. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, is that Jinx or is that you? I don't know anymore. No, um, Jinx is very much like an antiquated MILF, like a MILF from, uh, you know, a MILF from the 90s dressed like she's from the 60s. <laughs> um, and in my day-to-day life, yeah, it's definitely full-blown Swamp Witch. Um, but uh, it, it it definitely made drag feel like, okay, now drag is definitely my job. And it also kind of put a boundary up in my personal life because let's just say I used to do a little, you know, I used to pull some trade in full drag. And I really enjoyed this for a time. But now that I don't hide my feminist in my personal life and in the bedroom, I don't seek that validation but then sometimes guys hit me up wanting me to do stuff in drag. And I'm like, do you know how much this costs? How <laughs> this, 
I am not risking getting lube stains on any of this. I am not ripping any tights. (laughs) I am not going to be corseted while you plow me. Thank you very much. And I am not going to have my wig destroyed. (laughs) I am going to wear pads. Because you want to feel like a big man. (laughs) I I am keeping the body on. I'm so sorry. That actually stays. That's not a part of this. Um, so I, I mean, it's just, it's, it's all, it feels like it's nothing but pros when you, when you're able to live your truth. Like there's not a lot of cons except for fucking bathrooms, but that's yeah, just that the airports are I'll go really, into another really rant fun. if I start there. Yeah. yeah. I, um, airports are airports the worst. <laughs> and since we spend so much time in them, I'm just con- constantly reminded about how, how, segregated the genders are in like different in like every other sect of life because like this is like most people's normal I'm like oh this is crazy i sometimes it like takes being around like um the more general population to really remember how far you've come and that's how i feel every single time mm-hmm. i need to take a shit at the airport <laughs> <laughs> also I, w- I, I was definitely the girl that was known for like taking um taking boys home from the bar um in drag that that was my um claim to fame and um that was me in seattle too i wonder if we (laughs) i wonder if we tip our tip 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 in at the same oh we are tiptoeing through the tulips together (laughs) Uh, i had one party that was like mainly straight attended and the way that i could just pull a straight bottom like no one's business ah that was fun um one time i did go home in my friend's hair though and and um i felt really oh, no. <laughs> i felt really mad about that so we got her um, a little gift baggie full of like treats and i'm a sorry for being an insatiable slut then <laughs> fucking card um it I... came out it came out of the hair it was fine <laughs> <laughs> washed right out i think i had um what oh, how how are we reclaiming walk of shame what's it called now a walk of pride, oh, <laughs> a slut walk, <laughs> just a slut walk. <laughs> Listen, I had a slut walk. I was working at, I was doing weekly shows at a, you know, like a bar and restaurant place. And I ended up spending the night in the office um, with the, <laughs> the manager of the bar that I did shows at. So I didn't like work at the bar. I just, I was a freelance contractor. And one night we stayed up boozing, having a few laughs. I'm in full drag. I'm in full drag and I end up sleeping with the manager at this bar and stay the night there in my full drag and then have to walk home the next morning there's no makeup on the lower half of my face. That was what eventually like took me. I'm like, I'm not hooking up and dragging more. It's like, what you don't think about is like your mouth is so sculpted. Like, especially like um, as, as a Caucasian person, when I'm in drag, I have to imagine where my lip goes. So like I put on a brand new lip and making out with somebody removes that lip. So it just looks like you've been like just like <laughs> jamming strawberries into your mouth all night long in the morning. <laughs> and yeah, I've had um the the 40 minute Uber ride of shame, which is really fun. Just wig <laughs> sideways. Like what was once a middle part is now a side part. 
bottom half of your lip <laughs> is completely gone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my this is the last this is the <laughs> last waking up in drag story I've got, but because it happened in Seattle, it feels prescient. One time Dayla and I, and Dayla and I would close bars down back in the day. There was even a time where this one bar, they were closing. So when their liquor license ran up, they had to get rid of their stock of booze. So all the drag queens would just come after hours and they couldn't charge us for the drinks. So it was just like an open bar after hours. It only like stuck around for like a weekend, but every night we were at this place. So we would tie one on, Dayla and I, back in the day. And one time we ended up at um, a, a party at someone's apartment in full drag. I sat down on the couch and ended up falling asleep, as I am wont to do. And Dayla, like, goes off flirting with someone and leaves me. I didn't know the people. I went to Dela's friend's apartment's party. Dela leaves me there, forgets that she even <laughs> brought me. I'm just asleep on a couch at a stranger's apartment the entire night. I wake up because one of my shoes falls off my foot and the sound of it hitting the floor wakes me up the next day at 7 a.m. And then I look at my phone and the person who was picking me up to take me to my rehearsal that day is like, I'll be there in 30 minutes. I'm in full drag. I run home in full drag, touch up my makeup, and then go to the rehearsal in full drag at 7.30 a.m. <laughs> and said that I was just wanting to like really get into character for this What does Dayla have to say about that? Was, what, 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 does, has she apologized? Oh, have we um, she, have we made a man? She apologizes. She apologizes for that probably about three times a year. <laughs> Dayla and I love apologizing to each other. That sounds very. Do you have Seattle. a friend like that? I'm all Seattle for that. <laughs> Seattle's constantly in a state of guilt. Um, there's always something to be apologizing for. That notepad is open every single day. We are out here writing our little notepads apologies. I have like several blank templates for the moment somebody tries to cancel me. I'm so sorry for my actions. I will, I will do better. And this is how I'm going to do it. I love apologizing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Us Pacific Northwesterners, we love apologizing. It's almost weaponized, our apologies. <laughs> You're like trying to see if you can out-apologize somebody. You're like, no, I am going to be exactly. so much more graciously in the wrong than you are right now. That's going to be the next, like, um, Seattle sport. <laughs> <laughs> apologizing and ketamine. Ultimate, ultimate apologizing. <laughs> apologizing Oh, my gosh. Ketamine. You know, this is just a perfect example of, this is really our, for, did we even meet each other in passing at DragCon? We had like 10 seconds. Um, it was, um, I was yeah. standing before was... y'all um, for the Queen Walk. And mm -hmm. yeah, I think we we're like, hey, you're from Seattle or once. And, and, then, and I think that's about <laughs> it. I think we were just busy the entire time. God, what a misery dipped yeah. shit event that is. <laughs> oh my god no one's happy everyone's suffering it's just 
a long weekend. <laughs> it really is. Um, I do have to say it's cool that it's like full industry night. And like when you're all at the same hotel and you're like, you get off the elevator and it's seven different girls that you've like seen on TV. That's really cool. Um, that is the best. Getting all of us in one place. I mean, that's why I love touring um, with a group of girls because that's when the the really strong friendships begin you know like I haven't done um as many of the big tours um this is you know like I love touring with Dela but it's just the two of us you know and and it's like I already know everything about her so (laughs) (laughs) I I I love getting to know the other girls on tour and I do kind of miss it um I don't miss you know sharing a dressing room with seven other people, seven other drag queens, not people, sorry, drag queens. <laughs> There's absolutely different. Seven other creatures. Um, seven other just like deprived, just fucking delinquents. Yeah. Um, it's definitely a pro and con list. Um, yeah. I, I honestly, getting able, being able to meet the other girls is my favorite part of this entire experience. And also being able to meet the local mm-hmm. girls, like when you're doing like a club gig and you get to like, Hang out with the local girls for a second, yeah. like that's always rad for me. Yeah, it's the the last few gigs um, I've been doing. Like I haven't done this many club tour, uh, club gigs in a row in a long time. Like it's been a long time since I've been in my post season whirl. You know, um, you moved to Seattle um, to work in choreography. Um, how how has dance been a part? of your life as a human being and your work as a drag performer? Well, um, dance um, allowed me to lose three lip syncs on Drag Race and make it to the <laughs> finale. <laughs> um, uh, uh, but, but, you know. Um, no, I, like, grew up dancing. Um, I started, like, tap dancing when I was seven, so I've been a faggot for a very long time. And yeah, I did competitive tap dancing, um, did competitive dance, did like jazz, tap, ballet, all that good stuff, theater. Um, and that was the original dream. I wanted to like work in like music videos or um, figure out choreography for like traveling, like dance theater. And I ended up moving out to Seattle to kind of see how that would work here. And maybe see if like Seattle was like a starting city and maybe I wanted to try like LA or New York City. Fell in love with Seattle. Did not fall in love with the dance scene here. Um, Mm. A lot of great people. A lot of great people. The main focus here is modern, though. And modern Mm. is um, not my poison of choice. Um, It's Mm. a lot of people in pajamas and socks running around. And I like a little bit more razzle and dazzle. So I um, (laughs) decided to like pivot to burlesque and was doing boylesque, which is how I got the gig at Julia's which turned into back of dancing, mm. which turned into all of it. So yeah, I blame my mom for putting me in tap dancing lessons mm. and not breastfeeding me. And that's why we're here where we are today. <laughs> um, there's some amazing modern dance in Seattle, though, but it's all queer performers. Yeah, like <laughs> drama tops, rock. Drama, drama tops, tops so exactly. Cool. So, so cool. Kate Wallach's company, when they're up and running, incredible. Her dance church program, so, so cool. Zoe, um, what's her 
fucking name. Um, Zoe, 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 Zoe. Oh, her name's escaping me. I'm going straight to hell. There's a lot of incredible dance here. Um, Wim Wim. But it, it's just, it wasn't what I wanted to do, though. Exactly. I was never, when I danced, I was all ballet and tap. And I didn't really excel in modern. And, and but, uh, but my ballet and tap was what prepared me for a career in musical theater, I think, because luckily as a character actor, I don't think I'm going to ever be doing a big dance solo in a musical, <laughs> but um, I know a soft shoe. I know, you know, the pot of bourree. Oh, yeah. I can. I got some PK turns in oh, me. Oh, you better PK. <laughs> you better pirouette. A couple, a couple jetés. Oh. <laughs> My heart. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you still got the wings on speed dial. You can give them a pullback or two. You like. Oh, I love pulling out a wing. Absolutely. No one expects a wing from me. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, I love the burlesque community of Seattle. I always wanted to do, I did s- some work in burlesque, you know, um, me and Major Scales doing the vaudevillians as a musical act in burlesque shows, um, giving everyone time to change their pasties and G-strings, you know. Um, I always wanted to do more burlesque, but and I wanted to do some burlesque routines myself, um, but I never, you know, I guess it's probably because costumes have never been the most exciting part of drag for me. You know, mm-hmm. I I like the performance. So I'm always just like my dressmaker, you know, I feel like we use the same patterns. I'm always like, build off of this pattern, change the collar. And Out of sleep. Some stretch taffeta. We're good to go. <laughs> <laughs> you know? No, burlesque is definitely like, it's like 70% about the preparation of the number, mm-hmm. which I also understand isn't usually why most performers get into performing. It's not like <laughs> I like am a drag queen that way I can stone things in my free time. Like that's not really why I signed up for this. Um, but mm-hmm. there, the overlap is so crazy. And I do love that Seattle is like, there's always been like an open bridge between the burlesque community and the drag community. They're always swimming in, similar venues like I used to get booked Mm -hmm. um as a drag performer to work at a lot of burlesque shows and would try to extend the favor vice versa because like although I do have to say there's nothing worse than being an all drag show with one like professional burlesker who just buries the girls just absolutely bodies (laughs) us like just has like a full act that's completely ready all the drag queens just like are doing a number that they came up with that morning that they got like some shit off of Amazon. Like they're doing like the full prop comedy situation. And then some just beautiful model, fully bedazzled hall of fame burlesker comes in and just eats never fun to follow them. So you put them last, but it's so I, I love the burlesque here. Do you know, um, Moscato? Moscato. I love Moscato. Moscato. Um, Moscato was in the um, Jinx and De La Holiday special mm-hmm. as a dancer, and I've I've just loved Moscato for such a long time. Um, yeah, the 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 performer scene in Seattle is. I think that's why I stayed for so long, and why I, you know, like even though I was born and raised in Portland, and I'm happy to be back here. I'm really happy I was in Seattle for those formative years as 
a drag queen and as a performer because I really got to do a little bit of everything. And that's not, you know, not every city is there as many different art forms thriving, you know, Mm -hmm. (laughs) where you can be in a play one month and then, you know, work in a, a burlesque comic the next month and then then you're at Julia's singing Janis Joplin. And then you're <laughs> up doing some bingo night on a Tuesday in a soccer bar in Ballard. <laughs> you know, like they're all equally fun opportunities. The, 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 yeah. the, the, my favorite part about the art scene in Seattle is like there's so much like overlap. Like everybody can, there, there's a spot for you to carve out a niche anywhere. I know a lot of people who like do like the drag modern art situation. I know a lot of like performance artists that carry over into like acting from drag and I don't know. Seattle's like big enough for there to be opportunities, but small enough that like all of the circles still intersect. Yeah, that's, and you know, I had to learn this about myself. Um, Coming from Portland and Seattle, I always had this dream as a performer, you know, like so many of us, like I'm going to move to New York and I'm going to do whatever it takes. And I actually like had the experience of living in New York for four months um, doing the vaudevillians when we ran off Broadway. And I was living this fantasy that I had had since I was a kid and realizing I can't live in this big of a city. This is too much city for me. <laughs> no, I always thought like growing up, I was like, I think I'll end up in New York. I think I'm going to end up in New York. It just like seemed like it was like yeah. an inevitable thing. And then you go to New York and you're like, oh, this is fun. Maybe if I was like 18 and already rich, this would be really cool. But <laughs> I, I I don't know. I just don't want to live in a city that it feels like there is actively trying to push you out at every second of every day. Like that city is fighting you, just like spitting in your face every single day and hoping that you get sent home. And I, I respect that and I love the people that live there, but like I I need I need I need trees. I I, I need a little bit more space than that. Trees make a huge difference in a town. <laughs> Trees really make or break a town. <laughs> um, <laughs> so <laughs> do you think you'll stay in Seattle? And of course, you know, this is a binding contract. So if you say yes, you're not allowed to leave. Um, no. <laughs> do you have any, do you have your sights on LA at all? Like so many of the dolls? No, I, um, um, earmuffs. I kind of hate LA. Um, I, 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 <laughs> I love to go visit LA because I have a lot of friends that live there that I love very much. And they always show me a good time, fun things to do. I, I just feel no pull to that city as a whole. I feel no, um, sense of like queerness that I feel in Seattle. Um, mm. the only place that I've ever been to where I'm like, Oh, I could kind of see this is, um, San Francisco in Chicago. Those were the two spots where I'm like, mm-hmm. no, I could see this being a thing. But I'm obsessed with Seattle. I kind of want to figure out if I can buy something in the surrounding area. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to buy something in Seattle. But um, <laughs> And I have a boyfriend here, and he has a horse. And I don't think the horse would Ooh. like L.A. I think the horse would hate L.A. So I'm going to stay here for the horse, not the boyfriend. Where's he, where does he keep the horse? The horse lives in, um, they have like horse dormitories in like Renton. <laughs> you like can pay to have like uh, a horse um, and in like a barn. 
And like he goes out and sees it, sees it every other day and takes care of it. And him, um, my horse does have a gender, um, not a non-binary horse. <laughs> and yeah, it, it works out. Well, have you asked the horse? I did. I did. Um, he, they preferably, but <laughs> he has a hard time explaining <laughs> he, to they, people. He, he, they, but he's not making a thing Exactly. About it. He's like, um. whatever, whatever you say is fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you um, love Seattle. I, you know, I think there is this intoxicating allure of TV. You know, once you've done TV, I mean, I love working in TV, and I always love working in LA, and I always have a wonderful time. I think again, it's just it's too much city for me personally, but it's so funny because I'm always like, oh, I'm gonna go be in LA. I can't wait to come home. Like before I've even left. Oh, I can't wait to come back. But then I'm in LA, just absolutely blissful. Like I always live my best life in LA, but I know that it's not where I would lay down roots. (laughs) (laughs) I just don't feel like it's possible to lay down roots in that city. It's so fun and there's so much opportunity. And I do like doing TV, especially when you're not competing. That's, that's actually the ideal way to do television. Um, for me, it is least. very different. It's so Imagine different. So it's different. a very different it's experience. Almost pleasurable and also enjoyable. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I don't know. We, I feel like when we're on the West Coast, we're close enough to LA that if there's an opportunity that I really fit the bill well enough for, it's not hard to get out there. Yeah. I do think, um, and this kind of goes back to what I was talking about and what you mentioned, you know, like, making sure to take time for yourself, making sure to take some downtime, um, even if the iron is hot, um, because it's you've got to be making sure that you're happy enough to put your best self into the job. You know, if you're living somewhere where you don't feel happy being there. And if you're not giving yourself enough downtime to feel like a human, how are you going to be your best self doing the work? I got to say, I've hit the wall a couple times the last um, few weeks. Uh, But I have been really, you know, you know what's been taking me out of it? Uh, Just a little hit from my weed pen gets me like thinking I'm able to look at the situation as funny and be grateful of the situation, even when I'm exhausted and um, flight delays and baggage lost and, you know, all the things that can make the gig feel just horrible. Take a little hit from your low dosage (laughs) and suddenly you're able to laugh it off. (laughs) Yeah, I I, I don't like weed which is so funny because like everybody i get know, out I know. <laughs> get out of here I, I have um um weed face like literally everybody just assumes <laughs> that i have weed on me at all times and they always have those like 15 or so they're like yeah 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 like I, I would get pulled over in my hometown and like cops would like search my car thinking they'll find weed so i always <laughs> give off that vibe but like it makes me pink like super duper anxious and paranoid. I said anxious, which apparently is the abbreviated mm-hmm. form of those two things. Um, and it just like takes me to a really dark place. Um, so I like drinking. Her. Yeah. I, you know, I actually quite recently was feeling in a really um, 
similar way about weed and was not using it very much at all. For me, part of it was realizing I needed much lower dosage stuff and also was doing the work with my therapist and my psychiatrist and um, with my medication um, to get my anxiety in check so that the weed didn't like trigger the anxiety. Yeah, exactly. Jinx. Bosco! <laughs> <laughs> you had a really good one. There, there's some people are really, really bad at that particular voice. Uh, Bosco! And then it's the way she just lays back down and she's gone. <laughs> um, I have compulsory questions that I ask every guest. Okay. You may answer them however you like. There's no right or wrong answer. Okay. First question. Who is your celebrity crush today? Oh, okay. Okay. There's two. Can I give two? I'm going to give two. There is Matt Berry from What We Do in the Shadows. Um, also from Toast of London. <laughs> I could not tell you why, but I find him to be the most attractive human being on television. And then we're going to follow that up with um, Paul Hollywood from The Great British Bake Up. <laughs> Those are, those are like those are the two. Those do it for me, and I can't even like really put my finger on two as why. Um, but yeah. Also, um, we, we honorable mention to um, Alex Baldwin in Thirty Rock um, before he released his like <laughs> "I Love My Children" video that we were all watching this week. <laughs> I'm so happy that I'm almost seventy and have seven kids under eleven. <laughs> I haven't seen this video. <laughs> um, it, it's a little depressing. I think um, I don't think things are going well for him. But I, um, Thirty Rock is yeah, one of my comfort series. Yeah, um, I I feel like I know you so much better now. That's why I asked the question. <laughs> um, Matt Berry actually came to the Jinx and De La Holiday Show in Toronto with Natasha Dimitrio and Harvey Guillen. Um, they all three came to the show. It was like um, also um, some um, people, some writers and producers from What We Do in Shadows, which is one of my favorite shows on television. They all came to see the Jinx and Dela Holiday Show in Toronto, which was one of our craziest shows ever. The audience was like full on like picking fights with us. It was, I mean, it was an amazing show, (laughs) but it was like the audience was like um, trying to pit Dale and I against each other in a weird way. It was like, and it felt a little bit like it was becoming a Thunderdome. Um, And yet it still was an amazing show and we had an amazing time and we're, I think, I don't know. I think we're coming back to Toronto. So look out, Toronto. (laughs) (laughs) Give her the chair. You've got a lot to, you've got a lot to live up to. Um, But uh, I I love that show. Matt Berry, he's very, very talented. Extremely funny. Very sensual. He's also a wonderful, very wonderful voice actor. (laughs) Yeah. He has like one of the most distinctive voices and like talking patterns. Mm. It's just like intoxicating to listen to. (laughs) <laughs> my next question for you is are you spiritual um no not particularly 
Um, I was raised very, very Catholic, like going to church twice a week um, growing up, went to private school until I was like 14. Um, and like kind of like left home, left the church, cut it all off um, all at like the same time. And I, I think that kind of like has robbed me of any sort of spirituality in general. Um, I, I, I do want there to be a little bit more magic in the world, but my brain just doesn't let that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, you know, you got to find the magic. You have to to make the magic to seeing it. You have to be open to finding it where it exists. I think the biggest thing in my life was realizing that magic and witchcraft wasn't like things shooting out of my fingers or like being able to like, you know, because as a kid, I was so obsessed with that. And probably because I thought, you know, there was a lot of me as a young person wishing I had magic powers so that I could fix the things with myself. You know, I wanted to be a shapeshifter so that I could the have, way that like, present every the way. single trans person, like, what X-Men power do you want, Mystic? <laughs> yeah, every exactly. Time. Um, so once I learned that magic wasn't like what it's been portrayed to us to be and I accepted that fact and I let go and I mourned that fact then when I um you know started practicing uh witchcraft in my day-to-day life I don't know I I see magic around me but it's because I feel like I'm I'm looking for it and I'm able to assign it to I'm able to assign certain things to magic because that's what I want it to be. Absolutely. You know? There's a big part of it that's just me deciding, yep, that's going to be, I'm going to credit that to magic. And <laughs> my final question for you is what is your go to karaoke song? I, 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 I'm not, I don't like singing very much. So I very rarely, mm. but if I am. Gun to the head, force two. It's my own worst enemy by Lit. I just <laughs> love that song. Which one is that? I feel like I know that one. Oh, it's just like some pop. Ah, am my own. No, I'm just. No. <laughs> <laughs> For you, I think I'm conflating it with like everything a... about you. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't. No, I think I was conflating it with a Sum Forty One song. It's the, it's the same idea. It's like the same sort of pop punk situation. Okay. Okie dokie. I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> Storm into the party like my name was El Nino. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you so much, Bosco, for this lovely and candid and joyful conversation. Um, do you do karaoke at the Crescent at all, though? That's what I I can't forget to ask. I, I, I don't, but it's my favorite people watching thing. Like that used to be like, I'm going to get drunk and watch people at the Crescent all night long. And I will never forget this one incredibly inebriated guy attempting to tackle Love on Top by Beyonce and butchering <laughs> each of the five key changes. And I hold that in my heart all everywhere I go. It was so funny, so camped. Cheers me up every single time I think about it. 
I, I mean, karaoke is amazing for what you just described. I saw, oh my God, I don't even know if I'm going to do it justice trying to describe it. There was, I was at karaoke with my husband and there were two people singing a duet and one of them was clearly a professionally trained singer, but who was drunk and who was singing extremely flat. And then the other one was clearly an amateur singer trying to harmonize with the professional singer. And it was so hard to listen to that it was hilarious. It was the best comic routine I have ever seen, (laughs) but it wasn't intentional. And there would be no way to replicate it because if the person singing is at all self-aware of what they're doing, it doesn't work. So it was one of those truly, it was magic. You know what it was? It was comedy magic. You were searching for magic and you found magic right there in your daily life. Magic's what you choose it to be. Where can... Where can my listeners follow you and what would you like them to know about? What's next on the Bosco um, poo poo platter of life? <laughs> Must we? <laughs> um, on the charcuterie board of my life, Jay. <laughs> much better, much better, much better. Um, so you can find me at Here is Bosco under most socials. Um, I'm still a huge boomer and I've yet to get with um, TikTok, but I think um, my agent's going to make me. They're like, I swear to God, <laughs> if you don't get to be a dumbass on TikTok tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm, I'm lame. Um, but yeah, here's Bosco. And then I'm going to be jumping on several tours for the rest of the year. Um, I'm doing work the world, um, starting tomorrow, which will be very fun because I have to learn my number tomorrow and then do it on Wednesday. Oh, I love rehearsals with the girls. Oh, an early rehearsal in my spot. No, you're supposed to cross it behind me. Um, yeah, I'm a, I love rehearsal. So that would be fun. And then I do a Halloween tour, um, Night of the Living Drag. And then I'm doing some stuff with the top five. And I think we're going to Australia. So um, follow me to Australia. I don't know. If you're listening from Australia, I'll see you there. And yeah, we're just touring. Um, I, I think that that's about it. Um, I'm going to get my face ripped off in January. And I'm really excited about that. But none <laughs> of you get to watch that. <laughs> But wait, I thought you already did that. The way that I'm going to tell everybody, Jinx already thought I had FFS. That's how beautiful I am. Oh, funny, funny related story. At the after party for my finale, um, Gigi came up to me and was like, did you get FFS? So I am just absolutely holding on to these You're compliments. You're racking it up. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Softest face in the business. You know, I do think that a certain amount of the transition begins with exuding it from within yourself. You know, I do think that is like, I I don't know where it falls in the, in in, uh, everyone's journey is different, but I do think once you like celebrate that in yourself, it changes everything from, from the get, from the get, (laughs) (laughs) from the jump. (laughs) I, I, I agree. Um, I also um, think that after you hit the year point of estrogen, things just settle a lot differently and <laughs> you'll look a lot different. And I'm into that. And if there's any aspiring transsexuals in the chat, shave your eyebrows. <laughs> <laughs>
Just do it. I promise they grow right back. It's going to look great. It looks so good in direct daylight when you don't have any eyebrows on. You're going to be obsessed. Listen, I am sold on microblading. I forgot. I didn't think I missed my eyebrows until I had them again. And I was like, what? (laughs) I look like a healthy, functioning human being. It was like I took the potion. All it was was eyebrows. (laughs) Or watch yourself rock. And now a warning. (laughs) Now a warning. Now a warning. Um, Thank you so much for this lovely conversation. And I cannot wait to share physical space with you someday. Watching cartoons, making magic. (laughs) (laughs) Just being famous. Uh (laughs) I'll be on round four of FFS at that point. (laughs) Thank you so much, Bosco. And thank you all so much for listening to Hi Jinx here on the Forever Dog and Moguls of Media Network. My name is Jinx Monsoon and we have new episodes every Wednesday. So make sure to search for Hi Jinx on your favorite podcast app and hit subscribe. You can follow me at the Jinx on Instagram or at Jinx Monsoon everywhere else. And I'll see you next Wednesday for some more. Hi Jinx! Oh. Mom! To listen to Hi Jinx one day early and ad free, sign up for Mom Plus at mompodcasts.plus. Hi Jinx is produced by Moguls of Media, aka Mom, hosted by me, Jinx Monsoon, and produced by Joseph Shepard. Editing and sound design by Will Pitts. Executive produced by Willem Belli, Alaska Thunderfuck, Big Dipper, and Joe Cilio.